Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the European commodity markets by my colleague Petra Puskareva, our European Energy Risk Manager. Now, Petra, gas prices have obviously dominated the news for a long period of time. Where are we now with European gas prices? Gas prices continue to be volatile and continue to ride on the headlines. Past few days, we've seen some consolidation in the gas market and prices have slid into the double digit area just south of 100 euros per megawatt hour across Europe as uh, Russian flows remain solid and LNG intake remains strong. Indeed, and although prices are not as, as high as they were during the previous winter pre-period, Pressure's still on the market, isn't it? Europe's going to have to import an awful lot of LNG, not any of it necessarily particularly cheaply, in order to displace Russian gas from the system. And the obligation to maintain high storage levels and make sure they're up to a pre-specified level before the coming winter, that's going to mean gas demand's going to remain high, I think, right the way through the summer period. Is that right? It is indeed. Throughout summer, we would, of course, expect the demand for gas to be higher as we need to replenish the stocks. We are also obligated to meet the minimum that the European Union has stated. At the moment, the system is comfortable. Short-term supply risks have faded away slightly as European Union have confirmed that there are options for European buyers to comply with some of the Russian requests in terms of payments for gas. But this will not mean that European buyers are in a breach of uh, sanctions that have been imposed. We've also already touched on LNG. At the moment, the supply situation seems good. The Asian countries have not uh, picked up yet in terms of demand and a robust uh, volumes of LNG continue to come into Europe. Of course, this would have to remain the same, if not better, throughout the summer to allow us to replenish the gas stocks. Right. And there's been a, a lot people will have seen in the press and elsewhere about disturbance or disruption to flows of Russian gas to Poland and some other countries. Has that actually caused a problem in practice? Because some of those countries were already on the point of sourcing gas from Norway and elsewhere, weren't they? So is this actually caused any physical problems yet or is it a risk that might yet materialise? It hasn't caused any significant physical issues in terms of deliveries. Those flows were already previously modest and not really robust in terms of European demand. They, what they caused was, of course, volatility and increasing risk around what-if scenarios. What if there was a bigger country, like, for example, Germany, that would have been cut off? Recent news or recent headlines point to the fact that it looks like a majority of European buyers have complied with the requests, opened their accounts in Gazprom Bank, so they would be able to pay for gas if there is demand for Russian gas from Europe. Indeed, and another issue related to that um, is the you know the currency with which those payments are, are made, and you know the European Union and the Commission rather uh, was making some quite bullish comments about resisting Russia's uh, a request for payments to be made or insistence that payments be made in rubles. It, it looks like some kind of uh, you know fudge perhaps might might be happening on that. The, the payments are going to continue one way or another, aren't they? I suspect it looks like they will, and that it's already happening since the supply interruption 
disruption into Poland and Bulgaria, uh, we have not seen any other headlines or figures that would be pointing to any uh, other significant decrease in, in gas flows that would be related to the failure to meet the requirement. Well, from an energy security point of view, I hope things stay that way whilst, you know, the transition to replacing Russian supplies starts to accelerate. And of course, anything that happens in the gas market has uh, both a direct and indirect impact on power markets too, not just in gas-dependent states of Europe, but those connected to them. So what's the kind of state of play on power prices? Uh, Are they sort of tracking gas prices broadly? And are are there still issues in France and elsewhere with availability of nuclear capacity in particular? So for the power generation for this summer, I would say that the French uh, nuclear availability will be the main driver. We do have a slightly different situation that we've had previous years. Usually coming into the summer, uh, EDF tends to scare us about the lack of availability for Q4 and Q1 of the following year. At the moment, based on forecast, it looks like that it's this summer that holds higher risk than potentially Q4 and Q1 of the following year. In terms of some risks from gas, if the flows of Russian gas and LNG intake will remain steady, I do think that gas availability is a lower risk. Power prices, of course, respond to movements in gas. But unfortunately, uh, carbon prices have now started picking up again on a renewed influx on investors as the immediate risk of uh, gas shortages and impact on European economy is slowly fading away. Right. And of course, the other side of that is that, you know, as Europe seeks to uh, minimise its exposure to Russian gas, one of the options in the short term, at least, is burning more coal, uh, the opposite of what we want to do from a climate change perspective. Uh, But I guess if it keeps the lights on, uh, it's an option that can hardly be ignored. And that's going to keep pressure on carbon prices to some extent, isn't it? Definitely. The expectation would be that gas prices will remain expensive at least until summer 23. So the wider burn of coal will be still in place, which will, of course, give some support to carbon. And we cannot forget that carbon trades technically and it's very uh, sensitive to investors and their, their appetite. We've seen carbon prices testing 100 euros per ton before the conflict in Ukraine. In my view, if it wasn't for the conflict, we would be already comfortably trading in the range 100 to 120. So it's only a question of time when carbon will return to those previous ranges and potentially aim for higher ones. That certainly seems to be a, a widespread view, in my view, a, you know, a very plausible one. And on the subject of electricity security specifically, there's also been news about um, disruption to flows of Russian power, uh, electricity into into Finland. Now, the the EU as a whole is not particularly dependent on on imported electricity, is it? Not in any way uh, comparable to the level of gas. Um, the, the markets seem to have taken this in their stride. Presumably, there's sufficient capacity in the Nordic markets and so on to accommodate this without too much difficulty. Would that be right? I would say yes. Uh, there have been many developments in terms of transmission and distribution across Nordics and uh, countries like Poland and so on that are able to to increase their exports and balance the potential shortage of uh, electricity in Finland. Indeed. And of course, Finland, one of those countries that's been investing in new nuclear, uh, very long-running 
uh, project at Okalutu, which is finally coming on stream now um, uh, after many, many years in construction and, and beforehand. And, you know, although the timescale for these things is long, you know, looking at what's been happening in France and elsewhere, it's probably no bad thing that those European states that are pursuing nuclear uh, get on with it and don't leave things to the stage where there are uh, there are repeated outages with, with older plants. Of course, that's not a, a common view across the whole of Europe, is it? And, and Germany doesn't seem to have uh, changed its mind on removing the last uh, few gigawatts of nuclear capacity. That'll come off stream, won't it, I think, in a year's time? I believe they have not changed their view on the phase-out that is being scheduled for the end of the year. Coming closer to the end of the year, I guess there will be many headlines calling for a postponement. We've seen Belgium recently that postponed their aims of a phase-out to try to tackle the current crisis around high energy prices. Fortunately, no such a statement yet from Germany. Indeed, which is a shame, actually, from a climate change point of view as well, but it reflects um, politics and uh, other issues and constraints, um, policymakers within Germany specifically, is there's not a uniform view on this subject uh, across the whole of Europe. But on the whole decarbonisation agenda, things have gone a little bit quieter since uh, the Commission put forward their 55 package, haven't they? But the issues haven't gone away. And, uh, you know, at some point, um, decarbonisation will, you know, will be very much back on the agenda. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that some of the costs for consumers of renewable subsidies, some member states have started transferring them onto general taxation and taking them off bills, the EEG renewable energy law being an example in Germany. And, and presumably there's a little bit further governments could go if they want to, to keep the um, impact of high prices on bills down. They could. We've seen a lot of intervention across Europe. Uh, Spain and Portugal agreed on the cap on gas prices. We've seen many other countries, as you've mentioned, try to help the consumers. What this will mean, I believe, is that the decarbonization will be potentially slightly postponed. We already see PPAs at prices that could potentially look expensive in few years' times if, if the situation settles in Europe. This will again mean that potentially we will be dependent on fossil fuels for longer, which will cause higher increases in carbon price, which unfortunately will then again reflect on consumers' bills. I'm sure that's right, and it is equally true to say that governments are more focused now on security of supply, in, in the immediate future at least, than they were, and that's in a sense a higher immediate priority than decarbonisation. But in the longer run, you know, those objectives haven't gone away, certainly not, not in Europe. And, uh, you know, I think it would be a mistake for anyone to assume that short-term security of supply concerns mean that, uh, you know, the, the long-term climate agenda and decarbonisation generally has gone away. It most certainly has not. But looking at sort of medium-term, if you like, or, or a little, little shorter, the prospects for the winter ahead. You know, we, we went through a tough winter for, for consumers with record-high wholesale prices. We survived it, but it's been very expensive. What, what are the prospects for security of supply in, in the winter coming? Could things be tough again? I don't think next winter will be cheap, but looking at the fundamental situation in Europe, I don't see how it would get more expensive unless something unprecedented happens in terms of geopolitics. 
Well, I think that's a good point on which to conclude, Petra. I, I hope you're right. In a sense, maybe we've already had the worst winter we're likely to go through on prices, or it feels a little dangerous saying that. So who knows what could happen next? But, you know, we have weathered that storm, uncomfortable though it's been for consumers and, and suppliers and others. And a lot of work is going on to make sure that supplies are adequate for the winter coming. Gas stocks are up and so on. So fingers crossed. Let's hope, as you say, it's no worse and possibly a little bit better than what we've already been through. Well, I hope you found that useful. Certainly, I found it interesting. So thank you, Petra, for explaining it to us. And do look out for our reports on this subject on our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. And listen out for a podcast again for us soon. 